welcome, welcome, welcome into Moments of Genius here on CMRU.ca by students for you. My name is Peter Roman, and this is episode 12 of the winter semester quarantine edition of my show. Today is a very special episode because I only have one segment, and I'll get to that here in just a minute. But I wanted to start with a little bit of show news regarding this show. So, I've been doing this show for like three and a half years of university. Obviously started out as a radio show, then transitioned to a podcast as the pandemic happened. And now it's going to be coming to an end. I love doing this, you know, radio, I love doing my radio show, my podcast every single week. It's a ton of fun. But with my time in university coming to a close here, I felt like it would be a good time to wrap up this show because this is kind of the show I did during university. So April 20th will be my series finale for Moments of Genius. And I, are, I have a really cool finale show planned. So definitely mark your calendars. April 20th is my series finale for this show. In the meantime, I have an episode today. I'll have an episode next week. But April 20th will be my last show for this. And it's a little it's a little bit sad to think about, but I'm just so happy I've gotten to do this. It's been a ton of fun and I'm just really excited to to see what happens, see what comes, I guess, after university, because that's something that's still, I think, up in the air for for most of us. And so that'll be that'll be an exciting adventure to go down for sure. But anyway, that was my little show announcement stuff. So again, April 20th will be the series finale for Moments of Genius. My segment today, like I said, today's a special episode. It's one sports segment. Because I'm not going to talk about three different things. I'm going to talk about one thing. And that is the European Championships. If you're wondering why I'm doing a European Championships preview in April, it's because with my show coming to an end in a couple weeks, I won't really have the opportunity to do a proper preview show for the big international soccer tournament. And I realize... Euro 2020 is not the only thing happening this summer. The Copa America is slated to happen as well. So is the Gold Cup. But the Copa America doesn't really feel genuine. It feels really forced. Because the actual Copa America on the proper cycle was played in 2019. And Brazil won that tournament. And then the Gold Cup is just never a tournament taken that seriously. And I really don't think any of the top teams will send their best players for that. Just being honest with that opinion. But anyway, the European Championships, that is the big tournament. They were obviously supposed to happen last year, and they got delayed and postponed into this year. If you're wondering why it's still called Euro 2020, even though it's going to be taking place in 2021, you can ask UEFA, the European football governing body, because I actually don't know. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. They're still calling it Euro 2020, even though it's actually going to be taking place in 2021. So go figure. Anyway, so today, preview of the European Championships. I'm going to go 
group by group, team by team, I'm going to have my bracket, and the things you need to know, and that's where I'm going to start today. So, the things you need to know, first of all, the tournament is slated to, or expected to start June 11th, and then finish on July 11th. The reason I say expected is because, well, we live in a world where things are never quite as secure as we think they are, and I'm referring, of course, to the virus, but it's supposed to start June 11th, it's supposed to end July 11th, I think it'll probably stick to those days. So as far as the tournament itself, originally the tournament was supposed to be 12 different host cities in 12 different host nations. The plan is still to have that, but right now there are concerns around that. So Sky Sports did some, they had some really good articles about this and how apparently UEFA is thinking about basically giving a yes or no to all the different host nations and the host cities as to whether or not they can even do it. And so that will happen later this month. So if there are any changes to the cities that end up hosting this tournament, they'll be announced by the end of April. So something to keep an eye on. But as, as of today, as of April 6th, when I'm recording this, here are the 12 host cities that are supposed to host Euro 2020. So we have Amsterdam in the Netherlands at the Johan Cruyff Arena. We have Baku, Azerbaijan at Olympic Stadium there. Bilbao, Spain at San Mames. Uh, Bucharest, Romania in the Arena Nazionale. Budapest, Hungary in the Puskas Arena. Copenhagen, Denmark in the Parkeren Stadium. Dublin in the Republic of Ireland, Aviva Stadium. Glasgow, Scotland at Hampton Park, London, England at Wembley Stadium, Munich, Germany at Allianz Arena, Rome, Italy at Stadio Olimpico, and St. Petersburg, Russia in, and I know I'm going to butcher this name, Krestovsky Stadium. Probably said that horribly wrong. I apologize to any Russians who might be listening to this. So, in addition to what I just mentioned, the other couple quick notables. UEFA is considering just adopting a larger team size for the tournament and so instead of 25 players you'd have 23 players per team. Not sure if that'll happen yet but that's something under discussion. One thing that was approved right away though is the five substitution rule. So for anyone who remembers when sports finally came back from the pandemic this was a temporary amendment in the FIFA laws of the game where instead of three substitutions per game, it was five substitutions per game. But you were only allowed to do it in three substitution like phases, essentially. So they have approved that for the European Championships, which is awesome because I was kind of skeptical about that rule when it first came in, but I actually really liked it because it's a good way to get more players playing time, puts more strategy in the hands of the coaches, and it helps players avoid injury. So I personally really like the rule. I'm kind of I'm kind of excited to see how it looks because this will be the first major international tournament where they have five substitutions being made in a game. So very excited to see how that goes. And those are my quick notables. So gonna go group by group, team by team, little quick previews, 
and a player to watch for every single team. So, I will start in Group A. The host cities are expected to be Rome and Baku. Again, keyword being expected to be. The four teams in this group, we have Italy, Turkey, Wales, and Switzerland. I'll start with Italy. So the Italians come into this tournament as the heavy favorite in this group in particular. Italy obviously missed out on the World Cup in 2018, which was kind of a national disaster. And Euro 2016 was okay, but not their best showing. And so in a lot of ways, because of the failure in 2018 and the, you know, maybe moderate disappointment in 2016, there's going to be a lot of pressure on this Italian team to really step up and deliver at this tournament. My player to watch for Italy is Gianluigi Donnarumma. For the longest time, the Italian goalkeeping position has been held by Buffon. Buffon is now retired. So, Donnarumma, he is the next in line. He's 21 years old. He's been playing for Milan for, it feels like, forever. And so, this will be his first big test as the number one goalie in the Italian national team. The next team is Turkey. So Turkey has been a pretty regular team at their European Championships in recent years. They got knocked out of the group stage four years ago, but in qualifying this year, they actually did really well. Turkey finished in second place in qualifying, just two points behind France, and they actually beat France in Turkey during qualifying, which was easily their best result of the entire process. Turkey also had a really stingy defense because they only conceded three goals in the entirety of qualifying. So definitely not a team to take lightly in any aspect. My player to watch for Turkey is Senk Tosun. Tosun is currently recovering from a knee injury and hasn't really played a lot this season. But he's a player that when he is fit, when he's ready to go, he will be an important player for this Turkish team. He is expected to be fully recovered by the time the European Championships kick off. The next team is Wales. So Wales have a little bit of an interesting story going into this tournament. Wales obviously made the magical run at the 2016 European Championships when they made the semi-finals. Notably, they beat Belgium in the quarterfinals to get there. Wales, though, has kind of a lot of issues right now. Ryan Giggs is their coach and their manager, but... He hasn't been with the team after he was arrested on suspicion of assault. So that's not great for them. And in, in addition to that, their best player, Gareth Bale, has pretty much been injured for the last three seasons and really has never been consistently able to play. So though not a lot of optimism there from the Welsh team. My player to watch would normally be Bale, but I've actually decided to go with Daniel James. He's been a really important player for this Welsh team, and he plays for Manchester United, so maybe maybe just a low-key name to keep an eye on going into this tournament. And then finally, we have Switzerland. So Switzerland is the most consistent team of any in this tournament because Switzerland has made the round of 16 in pretty much every tournament almost in my lifetime, and they keep getting eliminated at that stage. So I don't really have a lot to say outside of that because Switzerland has given no indication this team's going to be any different than the previous teams.
My player to watch for them is Brielle Mbolo. Mbolo has been pretty good for Borussia Mönchengladbach over the last couple of seasons. And so I'm excited to see this will kind of be his first big test at a European Championships. And so excited to see Mbolo getting an opportunity. Okay, Group B. So Group B's host cities are expected to be St. Petersburg and Copenhagen. And the teams are Finland, Belgium, Denmark, and Russia. I'm starting with Finland because that's my country. I'm half Finnish and Finland has qualified for the Euros for the first time ever. It was unbelievable that they actually did. See, Finland qualifying for a major international soccer tournament is one of those things that I just wasn't sure if I was ever going to see in my life. And they did. It was unbelievable. The The game they qualified in when they beat Liechtenstein to secure qualification was just all-time legendary. And I get it. It's Liechtenstein, right? Like, you know, Liechtenstein's not that good. But but that game was just so, so emotional. I, re I remember just the, the outpouring of emotion on social media, on the field, and everything just after the game. It was really, really special and something I will remember for the rest of my life. It was like, yes, Finland just even making the tournament was already an all-time moment. So very excited to see my country compete in the Euros for the first time ever. Their player to watch, Temu Buki, who scored pretty much all of their goals in qualifying. He scored 10 out of 16 for the Finns. Finland has been more of a defeat, more, excuse me, they've been more of a defensive team during qualification, and that's usually suited them pretty well. And, you know, they kind of have one guy scoring goals, but it's worked for them. They're here, and I don't really care. So Finland, that's kind of their need to know going in. Quickly with the other teams, Belgium, they come in as one of the tournament favorites. They currently hold the number one spot in the FIFA rankings, despite the fact I don't really think they deserve it, but that's a different conversation for a different time. Belgium have a really good team, though. Very much a loaded roster. Their player to watch, Kevin De Bruyne. Eden Hazard was their best player in 2018 when they made the semifinals of the World Cup, but right now, De Bruyne is the man in form. De Bruyne is probably the best midfielder on the planet. I think he's the player that will be a difference maker for them this summer. The next team is Denmark. Denmark is one, Denmark has one of the host cities, because obviously Copenhagen is expected to be one of the hosts. They just barely qualify for this tournament, and it's not going to be easy for them. Denmark has... I think certainly had better teams over the last couple of years. And it really doesn't help that their player to watch is Christian Eriksen, whose club form has been really spotty at best. But fortunately, Eriksen tends to play really well for Denmark. So for their sake, they certainly hope Eriksen will continue to do that. And the last team in this group is Russia. Russia was the host for the 2018 World Cup. Russia, I think, did better than everyone expected them to when they made the quarterfinals, and they only lost to Croatia in penalty kicks. Their player to watch is Artem Zuba. Zuba, you know, Russia doesn't have a ton of goal-scoring talent, and so Zuba will be a player they need to step up with some goal-scoring in this tournament. 
if they want to make a deep run like they did at the 2018 World Cup. Okay, Group C. So Group C, the host cities are expected to be Amsterdam and Bucharest. So I'll start with the Netherlands. Netherlands comes into this tournament in kind of a weird position because they obviously have a ton of talent, but there's kind of more questions than answers right now, mostly because their best defender and their best player in general, Virgil van Dijk, obviously suffered an ACL tear with Liverpool this season. So he's not going to be there. The defense is still pretty solid, but there's no replacing a player as good as Van Dyke, so it's going to be tough for this Dutch team. My player to watch for them, Memphis Depay. Depay, he's not the best, he's kind of one of those players who never really lived up to the potential he had, but the Dutch don't have a lot of goal scorers, and Depay is one of the few players on that team that can, you know, create something. So... He's going to be important for them this summer. My next team is Ukraine. So Ukraine is probably the best dark horse candidate of the tournament. Ukraine actually beat out Portugal and Serbia to finish first place in their qualifying group, which was a huge accomplishment. They've also never made it out of the group stage, but with the group they're in this year, I think that's probably going to change. My player to watch for them is Andrei Yarmolenko. Yarmolenko is currently injured but is expected to recover in time for the European Championships, and he was a really key player for them in, during qualifying. My next team, the next team in Group C is Austria. So Austria, gonna be tough for them. Their team has a few good players, but overall it's been a struggle for Austria to really put together the performances you'd expect with the talent they have. My player to watch with them, David Alaba, Alaba is still one of the regulars at Bayern Munich, and he he actually plays further up front for Austria than he does for Bayern, but nonetheless, Alaba, hugely important for this Austrian team. And then there's North Macedonia. Macedonia was the beneficiary of Path D from the Nations League, because that was one of the ways you could qualify. So, they might be the worst team in this tournament, and that you know, obviously anything can happen. North Macedonia could absolutely pull off some upsets, but let's just say no one's really expecting anything out of them in this tournament. My player to watch is Goran Pandev. Pandev is the all-time scorer for North Macedonia, and so if this team's going to pull off some upsets, he'll likely be very much involved in that. Group D. The host cities are expected to be London and Glasgow. So, the first team is England, for obvious reasons. England has all-time expectations going into this tournament, and I know this sounds really repetitive because they've had that a lot. They finished fourth, though, at the World Cup in 2018, and so for England, you kind of want to go a couple steps further after the semifinal appearance. England is still a great team in qualifying, but we'll see how they do when they play the better teams, because that's where England has struggled in recent years, is trying to beat the best of the best. Player to watch for them, Harry Kane. Kane was the Golden Boot winner at the World Cup, and, well, they'll probably need him to score just as many goals in this tournament if they want to go far. The next team is Croatia. Croatia are the World Cup runners-up, their team isn't quite the same from the one that made the World Cup Final three years ago. 
it's still a pretty good team. Player to watch, Luka Modric. Modric was the best player at the 2018 World Cup, and Croatia needs him to deliver something similar. Scotland is the next team in Group D. So Scotland won back-to-back shootouts to make the Euros. They had to qualify through the playoff method. Scotland wasn't really impressive during qualifying, but they are expected to have an element of home field advantage with Glasgow being a host city. My player to watch for them is Andy Robertson. Robertson plays a little bit further up the field for Scotland than he does for Liverpool, but still a vitally important player to really just have any kind of success in this tournament. And then finally, we have the Czech Republic. So the Czech Republic are a little bit of an unknown coming into this tournament, and the reason I say that is because the team the Czechs put out in 2016 is vastly different than the team they're putting out in 2020. So, it's going to be tough for them, but they did beat England in qualifying, so there should be some level of confidence there. My player to watch is Vladimir Darida. Darida is currently playing in the Bundesliga. He's a pretty important player in the midfield, and the Czechs definitely need him to be at his best. All right, Group E. So Group E's host cities are Bilbao and Dublin. Expected to be, anyway. So I'll start with Spain. Spain, definitely one of the, one of the contenders at Euro 2020. The 2012 European champions have fallen on hard times in recent tournaments with a disappointing round of 16 exit at the Euros in 2016. And of course, they got knocked out in the round of 16 at the World Cup by Russia. My player to watch with them is Sergio Ramos. Ramos is kind of the really important, the only really important player left for Spain who was on that 2012 team. So Ramos will bring some experience in that sense, but it's definitely going to have to be a new generation going forward. Ramos can just help lead the way ideally for them. The next team is Sweden. So Sweden made a very surprising run to the quarterfinals at the 2018 World Cup. And now they're going to try to build off that really good performance. Their player to watch, though, is the one, the only Zlatan Ibrahimovic, because Zlatan is back. He actually retired from the national team after the 2016 European Championships. And now he's back. Zlatan, you know, not the player he was in his prime, but he's still one of the most entertaining players in all of football. So very excited that Zlatan is back. The next team is Poland. Poland is looking to bounce back after a very disappointing 2018 World Cup. They got knocked out in the group stages in that tournament. They still have a lot of talent, though, and so they'll definitely be a little bit optimistic. My player to watch, Robert Lewandowski. Don't think that's surprising. Lewa's been the best striker on the planet the last couple of seasons, and he's a player to keep an eye on because his performances at the big international tournaments have not been very good. He was not that good in 2018. He was not that good in 2016. This is the chance. This is the moment. This could be Lewandowski's tournament. And then finally, Slovakia. Slovakia made the knockout stages in 2016 for the first time ever, and they'll be certainly hoping they can match that feat. Their qualifying wasn't very good, though, and they had to qualify through the playoffs. Their player to watch, though, is Maria Hamšík. Hamšík was their best player four years ago. He's still their best player. And if, if Slovakia is going to advance, 
Hamshek's going to be a big piece. So, Group F. This is the group of death. The host cities are expected to be Munich and Budapest. Hungary, I'll start with them because this is the team that's probably going to get killed. Considering the other three in this group that I'll get to here in just a second. Hungary didn't do very well in qualifying at all. They won through the playoff method to get to this tournament. And yeah, there's not a lot more to say than that. Willy Orban is the player to watch. He will be very important in defense, trying to keep clean sheets as much as possible, although it'll be really tough with the opposition they have to face. Because the first of those teams is Germany. Germany, the 2014 world champions. Obviously, they hit a pretty low point in 2018 when they finished last place in their, in their group at the World Cup. The team has changed a bit, you know, since the, the glory days of 2014, but still a pretty good pretty good German team they'll obviously have that home field advantage likely in this tournament and my player to watch with them is Yasuo Kimmich Kimmich is a tremendously versatile player he can play in the midfield he can play in the defense and wherever he plays he's amazing so Kimmich definitely a player to watch on this German team and then we have France France is the world champion and they're pretty much bringing back the same team that won the World Cup in 2018 my player to watch, Kylian Mbappe, and I don't think that's a surprise to anybody who listens to my show. Mbappe is, in my opinion, one of the most exciting players, just period. And I've been saying this for a little while now, but it feels like Mbappe is really close to becoming the best player in the world. Euro 2020 might be his chance to become the best player in the world. And then finally, last but certainly not least, Portugal. Portugal are the holders. They won the tournament in 2016, beating France in the final. And they might be better this time around than they were last time. Because see, in 2016, Portugal's team wasn't great, but they found ways to win. Which is not a, you know, I'm not saying that in any way to be offensive. Or I'm not saying that as a criticism, but... Portugal was not the best team in 2016, but they found ways to win, which is, you know, an impressive thing in its own right. This Portuguese team, though, that's coming into 2020, damn, they're loaded with talent. They have a tremendous team. My player to watch, though, is still Cristiano Ronaldo because Portugal does have some other good players. Bernardo Silva, Bruno Fernandes, obviously, are going to be important. But this might be Ronaldo's last international tournament. So, that in itself, I think, is enough to warrant his status as the player to watch. Alright, and finally, there's my bracket. So, I'll do my bracket really quickly. So, the way the tournament works is that if you finish first place or second place in your group, you're automatically through into the last 16. And then, four out of the six third place teams also advance. If you're wondering how the third place thing works... It's confusing. I don't quite understand it either. So I did my best in making this bracket. But nonetheless, in Group A, I have Italy in first, Switzerland in second, Turkey in third, Wales in fourth. In Group B, I have Belgium in first, Russia in second, Denmark in third, Finland in fourth. By the way, if Finland defies my expectations and actually wins games, I will be more than happy to be wrong about that. In Group C... Ukraine, I have finishing in first, which is my big upset. 
I have the Netherlands finishing in second, Austria in third, and North Macedonia in fourth. In Group D, I have England in first, Croatia in second, Scotland in third, Czech Republic in fourth. In Group E, I have Spain in first, Poland in second, Sweden in third, Slovakia in fourth. And then in Group F, I have France in first, Portugal in second, Germany in third, Hungary in fourth. The four third place teams I picked were Turkey, Austria, Sweden, and Germany. Not based on really anything other than it's really hard to pick which third place teams are going to be the best. So, with, the, with that in mind, here is the round of 16 I have. So, I have Switzerland versus Russia. I have Russia winning that. I have Italy versus Netherlands. I have Italy winning that. I have Ukraine versus Sweden. I have Ukraine winning that. I have Belgium versus Germany, which would be a great round of 16 game. I have Belgium winning that one. Croatia versus Poland. I have Croatia winning. France versus Austria. I have France winning. England versus Portugal. I have Portugal winning. And Spain versus Turkey. I have Spain winning. The quarterfinals. I have France defeating Croatia. Belgium defeating Italy. Ukraine defeating Russia. And Portugal defeating Spain. Which means the semifinals would be France versus Belgium and Portugal versus Ukraine. Ukraine, Cinderella, amazing dark horse upset run comes to an end. I have Portugal beating them. And I think Belgium get revenge on France for the 2018 World Cup semifinal. And I think Belgium will beat France to advance to the final. So it'll be Portugal versus Belgium in the final in my bracket. And the winner, I am picking the golden generation of Belgium to defeat Portugal and get themselves remembered forever in history. This team has been kind of on the doorstep for a while. I think it will be Belgium's time to win the European Championships. And that's it. That's all I got for today. I want to thank you so much for listening in. Like I said, it means a lot to me every time someone does listen to my show. And so I hope this helps in any kind of European championship knowledge that you might have been lacking. And I really hope this tournament can go off without any issues this summer because I've been looking forward to this thing for years. And so very excited to see this hopefully get started June 11th. But finally, be happy, be healthy, and stay safe.